Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium, an intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. I don't know about where you are, but it is sunny today. You can kind of feel the early signs of spring, even though it's at least a month away. But man, coming out of this winter, this winter has been very kind to me, but I have been really sick almost all winter. Since December 1st, I have been sick seven times. And not just like the sniffles, like I mean full on fevers, um, luckily, no gastro bugs, knock on wood, but I am just so looking forward to spring and fresh foliage and like the signs of abundance on Mother Earth. Um, for those in the Southern Hemisphere, obviously you're going to be transitioning into fall and learning to let go and surrender and kind of, you know, metaphorically seeing that you don't have control over things. <laughs> and here in spring, we're birthing new. We're we're birthing new ideas and new creations and, and new activities. And, you know, I love, you know, in modern society, we have like this New Year's thing where it's like New Year's, fresh start. But we have a fresh start every month with the new moon. We have a fresh start every time there's a new season, an equinox, a solstice. Like there's so many opportunities for fresh starts, which I absolutely love. So I hope everybody, wherever you are listening, is feeling that, um, kind of the beginning of that energetic shift and of course mercury went retrograde yesterday which isn't a huge deal I did have a lot of technical or technology issues last time but nothing to fear look at your birth chart too I, I was very curious about what happened to people who were born with a mercury retrograde and I did ask a few astrologers and you know I think people who are born with mercury and retrograde in their charts feel it a little bit less but you know it's nothing to freak out over I'm always just super mindful of you know the light that's casted on my shadows when it comes to my relationships and my communication and because much of the work I do for the world of spirit is communication based that's a big deal for me. So I'm always just making sure that the words that I share in the world and add to that collective vibration are ones of integrity and ones of truth and honesty. So, you know, things might come up around retrogrades where you step out of your integrity for a second and that's just kind of casting a shadow on your shadow self. So it's just to be mindful and self-aware and, you know, the technology stuff, like I, I don't think that gets all in our mind. I think that it actually does happen. So let's hope this podcast makes it out into the ethers without any problems at all. So I usually do my podcast based off of things like I just experienced or things I've been kind of pondering in my mind or I'll go back to my early development journals and I'll kind of see you know what came up for some you know troubles or some you know lessons that I learned really early on in my development and today I really wanted to talk about evidence in mediumship as I just did my first demonstration of mediumship and I was fascinated at the evidence that came through and how subjective evidence actually is. And it was the first time in six years of developing mediumship, almost seven years now actually, um, that I, I kind of just first had that thought. So early on in my development, 
you know, you see the John Edwards on TV. Um, I, I admire the pants off of him. If I could learn from him one day, it would be amazing. Um, but you see those guys on TV um, and the evidence that they're able to bring through is like pretty profound. So when you're first developing mediumship and any good teacher will, will teach you the structure of how to give evidence in your readings, we're very hard on ourselves and we have very high expectations on what that evidence may look like. So early on in my my development, especially in the phase for the couple of years, I was just doing practice readings. I was not charging or out there. And I used to be very hard on myself about the evidence I brought through. So evidence might look like I have a male, I have a female, they're older, they're younger, they're your mom, they're your grandma, they're your daughter. Uh, you might want to talk about where they grew up or where they lived and maybe some memories that come up. You see flashes of a memory and they're usually your own memories in your own mind that come up, which are a reference point for you to express. As an example, at the demonstration a couple weeks ago, I was connecting with this girl's father and I kept seeing this lake I swam at as a kid. It was me playing in the water and I said, and you used to spend a lot of time at Cultus Lake. And she was like, yes, Cultus Lake. And so that was Spirit's intelligent way to get me to say that very specific name because they showed me me swimming in there as a kid. So you can see how the references work, right? When it comes to evidence. So it's really good to get out in life and experience things and make memories and do things that are not totally spiritual in nature, but it's just living. Because the second you do that, you're adding to your reference library as a medium too. So early on, a reading structure would look like this. The person sits in front of me and for the next 20 minutes, I'm pounding out little tiny somewhat insignificant pieces of evidence. They may be accurate. They may be understood by the sitter and they're very minor. Like I think that they wore blue a lot or, you know, they like to be around trees. Like sure. Yeah, of course. And that's not, I'm not trying to dismiss that kind of evidence, but what I'm trying to get to is early on, I was so focused on just bringing evidence through and I would have to get reminded by my sitter sometimes, which was so embarrassing, or my teacher, do you have a message? Is there a message for me? <laughs> and it's funny that you had to be reminded of that, but I had this, um, you know, you see different mediums by different titles. There's spiritual medium, there's evidential medium, there's psychic medium. There's all these different ways that we can identify as mediums. And I think I was really hung up on the evidential medium because, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I'm quite a skeptical person by nature. And so for me, I need to know that I'm connected to your energy by giving you evidence that you can understand. And still today in my readings, I will not pass on any messages until you and me are fully certain that the evidence that I bring through is for your loved ones and you can place them and understand them. And I have actually stopped a spirit connection before, uh, even at my dem a couple weeks ago, because, you know, the evidence was a little bit weak and I could just tell that I was only kind of like half connected. Like the energy was kind of wavering. So I was pulling some, some evidence through, but they were taking it, but I felt like it was a stretch. And I mean, as a medium, you'll know when the, when the information is placed and accepted in a very authentic way versus not. So I've even said, okay, I'm not feeling connected to the spirit. I'm going to ask them to come back after, um, in a different way and bring me different information and I'll move on. So I don't get super stuck and, you know, determined and trying to make it work when the energy is just not there.
So early on, a lot of expectations. Now it's even worse for people who are developing as mediums because now you got all these very good, very amazing, highly edited shows on TV of mediums just giving the most profound pieces of evidence. And that does happen in every reading. You will come up with the profound pieces of evidence, um, but in a five-minute highlight reel, it looks a lot different than a 45-minute session. But people don't think about that all the time. So they think that they are not good mediums or they are not up to the standards of, you know, the people on TV because they don't have that same kind of evidence. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but what I'm trying to say around this is we have a different level of expectations of ourselves now than we did even 10 years ago or even seven years ago when I was starting because there wasn't a whole lot of mediums on TV back then. You know, there was Sylvia Brown, there was John Edwards. Um, so expectations are really the thief of joy. I say that all the time. I just, I finished the book last year called The Expectation Hangover. I recommend it to every single person on this planet because it really just goes to show you what wasted energy expectations are. And from a mediumship perspective, you know, you really want to manage those expectations when it comes around evidence. Because as I'm learning now, as I'm going on through my development journey, evidence is very subjective to the sitter. And what they find to be profound may not be what's profound for us. And it's not up to us to judge their experience. And I loved how Goop Labs on this episode six, on the mediumship episode, when they talked to the scientist who was studying mediumship and the accuracy of it. And she said it perfectly when she said, you know, skeptics are like hand over the transcripts. But when you read those transcripts, they don't mean anything to anyone else. The evidence is more felt by the sitter and it's a it's a fulsome multi-dimensional experience for the sitter. Yes, I might only be saying one word that was the word that you were hoping to hear, but you're not only hearing that word, you're feeling your loved one around you at that very moment of when you whisper those words and you hear them. And so that doesn't translate well outside of the reading experience. So I often hear from people too who say, you know, I listened to the recording and it didn't feel the same. I was like, no, because we co-created an atmosphere in which you actually touched heaven. You touched the aura of your loved one. And so when you listen back, it's two-dimensional, right? It's not multi-dimensional. I hope that kind of makes sense. So managing your expectations as a sitter as well, because I know not everyone who listens to my podcast is a developing medium. Some of you are just interested in mediumship and, and getting mediumship readings. And it's really important for sitters to manage their expectations as well. Um, to give you an example around this, I had a, you know, what I call a compassion reading. There's certain families that I know have suffered losses that I'll reach out to personally and ask them to come sit with me. Um, usually their loved ones inspire me to do that. And of course, it's all free. Um, and a lot of these families come and see me on the anniversaries of the loved one's passing. There's about four families I do this for right now. And um, one of the sitters just wanted to hear one thing. Like, you got to talk about this. I'm just going to make it really random to keep, um, you know, she was like, talk about, you know, the oil change. And that's what she's whispering to her loved one on the other side. And that's all she's kind of open to hearing. And it really blocks the energy for a reader to connect with a loved one. But 
mediumship is a three-way link so I need to connect with my sitter and I need to collect with the loved ones in spirit and my own energy so it's a harmonious three-way connection mediumship and if the sitter is so determined and just willing this information to come through one I might end up picking it up telepathically and more psychically because it's all you're focusing on and two because your heart is not completely open in a state of surrenderance which is what we need to connect with the world of spirit you're going to have unmet expectations and in turn your reader will have unmet expectations so I always tell people just come with an open heart and an open mind definitely talk to your loved ones tell them what you hope to hear and you know my prayer of surrenderance is always if not this then better or if not this then more or if not this then whatever my soul needs at this time and just hand it over to the world of spirit so expectations play a lot in the you know, mediumship portion of the reading around evidence. And just to talk a little bit about a structure of a reading. Um, it changes for me all the time, but really quite basically, I sit down, I connect with somebody's energy, I give a little bit of a chit chat just to kind of calm my own energy and acclimate to the other person's energy. And then I get them to spell me their name. So I get their voice and their voice carries a vibration. And I just give whatever I get. Sometimes it's psychic information that comes through first and sometimes it's the loved one stepping forward. But when it comes to mediumship and the loved one stepping forward, I always try to give at least five or six pieces of evidence that they will understand. And this could be around, of course, gender. I try, even though one teacher told me to stop trying, but try to identify um, a relation. So I'm working on that with spirit, evidentially. I always say, mom, step on my right, dad, step on my left, mom's side on my right, dad's side on my left, and I test that out as I go, and it's usually pretty accurate, so that's a form of evidence. Personalities, if you're working in the clairsentience, you're able to bring forward personality traits or sayings or isms with your hands or your expressions. Um... You might be able to bring through a birth month. That's what I got a lot on my demonstration. I was hearing months. And it turned out one of the people I was connecting with gave a name whose name was a month, right? So it was kind of cool. So that might be a little piece of evidence. And then you have to kind of go a little bit deeper with spirit. And different ways that I like to pull out evidence from the world of spirit is we so often forget that we are in a two-way communication with the world of spirit. We don't have to just take what we receive. We can ask questions. It's literally like you're sitting with them there with you. So you wouldn't just sit there in an awkward silence with somebody. You would ask them questions like, what did you do for work? which spirit rarely talks about, by the way, with me. They never talk about money or work or even like possessions, hardly ever. But I, I will say things like, who are you with? What have you seen? Um, you know, and I'm, I'm getting them like, what's your happiest memory? And I'm asking them questions with a, with a genuine curiosity because I want to know them a bit better too. And I feel like we as readers we feel so much pressure sometimes in our readings that we forget that human aspect of talking to spirit we're just like I need this I need this I need this and it's all kind of take and we need to remember that we are talking to you know people who are once human and will be human again and one day we're going to meet these people in the afterlife and we're going to have to face them 
And we're going to have to say, you know, I hope I made you proud. I hope I passed on your message in a way that you intended for it to to land. And so we need to remember this as we're communicating with spirit so that we remain curious and that we remain authentic in our connection with them. So, you know, Lindsay Marino actually taught me this, um, who I studied under for a little while, and she's lovely. And she used to always say, like, I wonder... I wonder what about the button you're showing me or I wonder about this memory you're showing me and you know just really coming in with a curious mind so that's kind of how the medium needs to sit in these sessions when it comes to kind of like pulling out evidence and most importantly not judge it you can't sit there and put your own spin on what's coming through and you can't filter the information coming through thinking that it's insignificant or it's not powerful enough or it's not a name or it's not a date or it's not a passing you know as a few examples of this I've had readings recently where some of the most interesting evidence has come through that's been really profound and powerful and not profound and powerful to me but to my sitter and I'm always shocked I'm always surprise and I get really excited you know and I think I've said this before uh, last episode but at a sitter um, I took a six-week break from doing readings which I do twice a year I always take a break doing readings because I always come back way more clear way more like accurate and more energized and I just think there's so much value in taking breaks and you could check out my whole podcast episode on that um And I came back into my reading and the first reading, I mean, it was crazy, the evidence that was coming through. And I just said one word and she just like put her hands in her head, her head in her hands and just started sobbing. And she said, I told my mom on the way here, if she just says this one word, like I know it's the real deal. And the word was like a piece of food. And it was so random to me. And it's probably something really early on in my development I would never have said because I would have felt like it was so insignificant, getting all my judgment up all in it. And the reality is it's not for us to judge. So you literally have to get used to saying whatever you receive. And it might not always land. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with getting it wrong because the magic is in when you take risks. When you take risks and you put yourself out there, you are showing the world of spirit that you are willing to grow, you are willing to expand, and that you are willing to pass along whatever they say. So it's not for us to judge. And it's always up to the sitter to place the evidence and to find their own meaning behind it. Okay? So what is good evidence? right? Good evidence is up to the sitter. It's much like, you know, as a business owner, I'm always like, what's going to bring people value? Well, it's not up to me to identify what's valuable to you out there. It's up to me to just tell you whatever's on my mind and whatever's in my heart. And it's up to you to decide as a listener, what is actually a value to you or not. And the same is said for evidence where, It's not up to me what's good evidence or strong evidence or accurate evidence. It's up to the sitter. And so a sitter's responsibility is truly to be very open. Um, Just be willing and an open heart to receive whatever comes through so that you don't miss anything. And you've seen it even on John Edwards, um, you know, his TV show. And he has a, a Facebook 
page, John Edwards TV, where he actually has TV shows on his Facebook page. And they're amazing. And he, he's such an amazing medium. And he's so strong and he's so so sovereign. And he'll say something like, you have a sister named Beth. And she's like, nope. And he's like, yes, you do. And she's like, no, I don't. He's like, yes, you do. And then she'll think, she's like, I do have a sister named Beth. He's like, see? And he sees it all the time because people are so hung up in their mind on hearing from one specific person, one specific thing, that they often miss a lot of information. So as a medium, I want you to realize that if you're hearing a lot of no's, if you're not having a lot of information validated, to just keep going because more often than not, the sitter will end up going home thinking about the reading or listening to the recording or have somebody else listen to it and everything that you said does actually make sense. They just weren't fully open to receiving outside of what their expectations were. So yeah, this is kind of what I wanted to talk about when it came to evidence because I've been a little bit blown away and I found my own self uh, managing my own expectations around evidence and actually seeing the magic that comes through when you kind of just let go and let it rip. So some evidence that you might want to practice what I'm practicing right now is names um because names my favorite medium in the whole world aboriginal medium Sean Leonard which if you're in Canada his show starts this week it's actually tomorrow it's called spirit talker where he travels Canada the country and works in first nations communities um which have very high suicide rates very high um like I think most people would be shocked at the stats um of indigenous suicides especially among youth as young as eight and so he'll go into communities to work with grieving families and he'll do demonstrations of mediumship and his evidence is phenomenal because he's a name guy I won't say all he gets his names but it's how he starts his readings he'll just start spewing names and they're always accurate and they're always I saw him live in October I think it was October 8th in Vancouver not one name was wrong and unplaced and when I studied under him I studied under him for a year and I had a reading with him I said, how do you get names? Because to me, they're elusive and I know I can get them. I know it's within my own aura, my own energy to receive it. But there's a block inside of me. There's a uh, belief system that doesn't align with that being a success for me. So I need to get through that limiting belief before spirit will be able to get through to me what I want to hear most. And he said to me, you know, Danielle, I've been doing this for 30 years. He's like, so yeah, after 30 years, I can get all these names and you'll get names too. He's like, but I just had to kind of learn to like listen quietly. And so he gets his names through clear audience, through hearing them. And so when I got a name at my demonstration, Spirit was actually showing me the, the a calendar like a monthly calendar and they were highlighting for me the j names so i was seeing i was like why are they showing me a calendar with the j names june july january and she said my daughter's name's june and i i mean i freaked out i was like really i'm like interesting so that was a way that they gave me a name that i couldn't have expected and if i didn't show up with an open heart and open mind i would have missed it i and if i was trying to analyze the information as it was coming through i may have created a story around those months I may have gone into my ego and have said I feel like you know something will happen or something happened and you know it, you kind of like lose the plot when you go into that space it's a very egoless job doing this work but your ego will be tied up and married into your 
mediumship until it isn't. So again, if you're in your first few years and I'm telling you all the things I used to do, just know, keep going because that you will come out of that. You will come out of that. Um, so names is really good. I always try to find dates. I love numbers. And for so long, the numbers I said did not land, but I, I just kept getting them. So I had to keep saying them and I continue to say them. And now I'm kind of in a place where the numbers are starting to land. People are being able to place them. And I don't exactly know or understand where that shift happened. I do feel like spirit rewards us when we're kind of courageous and we kind of like step out of our ego and we're not scared to get it wrong. And so I just kept going and I kept telling spirit, I'm not giving up. I'm like, I know this is something and I don't quite get it yet. Um, what all this means, but I'm going to keep going because it keeps coming up and now they're just actually starting to land um, but I really encourage you to work with your clairvoyance um, in in getting memories because memories you know you feel all the feels when you recall memories and for a sitter you know Mindjalo says this they won't remember what you said or what you did they'll remember how you made them feel and memories are so powerful to bring up emotions and our bodies remember through that experience of feeling into that emotion so I would go there and then another thing I also ask spirit every time is what have you seen so I want to know current day stuff like stuff that I wouldn't know that you have seen so one of the readings I had a couple weeks ago um, I said, you know, I feel like they're showing me you going to like Hawaii or California. And she said, well, <laughs> just on my way here, I was talking to my dad about planning a family trip to Hawaii. I'm like, okay, perfect. So this is your loved one just showing you that they heard this conversation. So it just gives people peace of mind that they're still around, they're still involved, they're still interested in the day to day. And chances are they are kind of at play and a player in making this vacation happen and something will likely happen on that vacation that will make you remember them or you might honor them or everyone might start talking about this spirit and that's because their energy is with them so closely. So to wrap this up in summary, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling around evidence. I encourage you to manage your expectations as a medium definitely keep pursuing things that are a struggle for you don't give up on them start playing with different forms of evidence maybe get out of what you're typically doing and stretch for something a little bit different um and as a sitter, you need to manage your expectations as well. You need to come in with a very open heart, place your wishes out there, place your thoughts out there, um, and just trust that if the medium can grab it, they will. But the chances are, you know, the one lady who wanted that one specific thing, I didn't have a reference for it, so I would never have gotten it. So you have to understand that when you're working with a specific medium, you're agreeing to work within the references of their life. And so if they don't have a reference for what it is you want to hear, they may not be able to pick it up. And mediums, it's very important for you to get out there and live, have a full life, experience everything from heartache and joy to sorrow and grief. And, and really feel the feelings of it. Watch your children play. Watch that freedom that, that it just emanates from their innocence because there's a lot of references there. Pay attention to people watching, to movies and books because these are all references coming up into your aura and they don't have to be spiritual references. So keep learning. You're a forever student in this work. You are never a master of this craft. None of us are. And if anyone ever tries to convince you of that, please run. 
run far and run fast and find another teacher. And most of all, have fun. You need to have fun. You need to lighten up and you just need to trust and just know that you will get it. And the fears that you have now are just going to be teachable moments in the future. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope that you have a lovely last few weeks of winter. Um, I'll probably hit you up again next week with another inspired podcast. And if you enjoyed this one, I'm shocked I only have two or three reviews. So if you would love to read a review, it just helps the algorithm so that more people can discover um, Spirit School. So I would love it if you give a five star and actually write out a review. Um, It would mean the absolute world to me. So thank you guys so much and we'll check you next time.